is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode. That's right, of the London is Blue podcast, live from Minneapolis edition. Your host Dan here inside our hotel at. <laughs> Uh, I guess, you know, some point of Midtown, Downtown, we don't know. It's a part of Minneapolis, but uh, welcoming you back to another episode of the pod. No Brandon, because it's the start of honeymoon season after the wedding for him, but Nick Verlani, as always, here rocking it out too. That's right. Uh, as as many will know by the Instagram and Twitter photos shared uh, over the weekend, we uh, we ventured to uh, to Minneapolis a beautiful city, a great summer city, and uh, watched our boy uh, get married, and we're going to have plenty of breakdown. Uh, we're going to have a, a three-word wedding review, I'm sure. We're going to do a whole bunch of stuff here, but but yeah, it's been great to, to have the boys together in person again and uh, and be able to record here and, you know, take in, uh, you know, one of the, the best days of our buddy's life. Yeah, it was a really special moment, and we definitely put uh, plenty out, and we want to thank a bunch of people who also helped us put together a very nice special wedding video, uh, guests, uh, members of our Discord and Patreon community. And maybe maybe Brandon will be okay with us sharing that on social at some point. Yes. Just a nice little video tribute to both of them, Elizabeth and Brandon. And uh, yeah, so you're not going to hear him, Brandon, for a week plus so. But you know what? Just because it's a holiday week in the U.S., doesn't mean we're taking a weekend off. You know, there's plenty of stuff up until the start of Chelsea Summer Tour here in the U.S. And look, there's plenty of updates from a silly season perspective going on right now as Todd Bowley learns about the wonderful, <laughs> wonderful challenge of negotiating with Barcelona. But look, we digress, and we want to say a couple of quick thanks. I want to thank people on Apple Podcasts, uh, N8R88 from the U.S., Blue Johns from Australia, Madville 49 from the U.S., BF9090 from Belgium and Workphone Much, Eric, thank you, from the U.S. All the wonderful five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. It's a really great way to help people find the show, and we appreciate it. On Spotify, we are closing in on ESPN FC. We have officially ticked into the 1.2K reviews Woo! on 4.9 stars, so thank you so much for that. Let's uh, continue the press there. Patreon, Patrick Lewis, Amber upgrading, Arnesh, Michael, and Jay all joining the Patreon community. Really appreciate that. And Summer Tour, look, we've tweeted out about it. There are event brights out there now for our Vegas opportunity and uh, maybe a sneaky pool party coming as well. Yeah, yes. we're, we're going to talk Vegas here, okay? I'm not going to give updates on the other two because we're still finalizing that. And believe me, uh, I am uh, just as over the planning as you are at this stage. So... Uh, Vegas is going to be an absolute riot. Um, there, there are a couple big things happening. There is a, uh, a what is going to be more of a private get together at the Blue Wire Studios on Friday. Uh, so if you receive the invite for that, fantastic. Um, we, we are super excited to see you and uh, and a couple of our, our friends. Um, we are uh, then going to do a live show. We're basically kicking off. The, uh, the Chelsea in America pub experience at the RERA uh, show with uh, Matt Law and Nazar Kinsla. I can say their names out loud for everyone who's who's on it now. Gasp. <gasps> Who Audible knew? Gasp. Who knew? Um, so they're excited to go to the pub and do a live show. We are excited to go to the pub and do a live show. Thanks to uh, John at Chelsea in America, the LA Chelsea Blues, Las Vegas Blues for helping to kind of fit us into a really tight window there. Uh, really excited about this. 
Uh, we have started an Eventbrite for this. So if you go to our social media pages, any or all of them, uh, there's Eventbrite, please sign up. I think the capacity is only 120. And so we want to make sure, so I think we're a third of the way through that right yeah. now. And, and look, it, it's not it's not for a paid perspective. No. It's just to help us get an understanding of how many people are going to be there yep. so that we can effectively plan the content. So uh, like anything else, all of the associated elements outside of paying for a match ticket are free that are being put on both by the club and then also the supporters groups too. Yeah, and we're, we're of, of course, a part of that. But yeah, we just want to be a value add to this experience. So a live show with Matt and Naz uh, we think is going to be fantastic. That's 3.15 to 4.15 on Friday. Then everyone goes off to the open training, does their thing, comes back to the pub, parties all night. That is uh, the Vegas tradition. Saturday, we're working on a sneaky, fun pool party. Uh, we had one of our listeners, Ryan Kelly, reach out to us. Uh, and, and we're putting something really kind of cool together um, at the Flamingo. So uh, more to come on that. We'll, we'll send out an, another event right for that so people know what's going on there. But he's a big Chelsea fan. He's a listener to the show. Uh, just a massive shout to him for even reaching out and going, hey, we could do something really dope at the, at the Flamingo. So that's going to be before the game on Saturday. And then, of course, it's, it's game day. Uh, we're also going to record at the studio on Sunday if anyone's interested in uh, watching all of us be hung over and record some pods. Um, that's a thing you can do. So that's Vegas. We are super excited for this, guys. Thank you for all the people who have signed up already. I think we've sold out, what, 37% of our, of our tickets or whatever. I say tickets in air quotes because they're not paid. But uh, yeah, we want to see as many people out as possible, 315 to 415 on Friday and then at the pool party on Saturday. Boom. Awesome. Let's get into a couple of the news highlights before we get into some of the wedding shenanigans. Okay. Again, like we don't want to share all of them. You know, what happens in the wedding? <laughs> what happens a lot of in stays Minneapolis? The Come on. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, though, uh, young lion Harvey Vale captaining the English side to a U19 Euros victory. And like, we just want to put a little bit of uh, extra sprinkle, extra shine on what he did. Beautiful assist to set up the winning goal as well. First time that they've been champions since 2017. And Nick, this is, I think, coming at a really critical time. The club have been talking to him about a better deal, an upgraded deal to keep him. There's obviously a lot of interest. It's kind of starting to run down. You're running in the same situation. Great young talents who are now mm -hmm. one year left on a deal. What happens next? But look, I think it's easy to get branded as, oh, you only talk about the youth team. You only talk about these youth players. Harvardville is a really, really special talent. and be interesting to see, A, can you get him on a great deal, get him on a wonderful loan similar to what Connor Gallagher got last season? Or do you look at potentially even keeping him around? Because, again, five subs is such a material change for the way that all clubs have to think about how they manufacture this squad list. Yeah, I mean, he's yours. He's good. He's a winner. He's a captain. I, how many times have we talked about, you know, back in the old days, we used to have all these captains and it, like he's, he's on, he wants to be with you, right? Yeah. Like this is a player, uh, like Lee Vermento, like all these players that we've lost who, who materially wants to be here. We just have to give him a, a pathway. And I know that there are a bunch of people chirping at Phil, which is a poor choice if you're on Twitter, um, because he will chirp back. Huh, and it does block you. I mean, yeah, like, look, just, you know, is it really that big of a badge of honor? But but Phil's point is they're not making demands to start. They're making demands to have an opportunity to prove themselves, right? That is a 
it's a different kind of vibe and it should show, I think what a lot of Chelsea fans want is the work ethic and commitment to be a Chelsea player. Yeah. Like that is the same expectation I have for Lukaku. That's the same expectation I have for Pulisic, for any of these players that they earn the right to play for the club. Right. And that they do a great job on the pitch. This guy already wants to do that. Harvey Vale is already a part of your team. You just have to figure out a way to get him 15, 1900 minutes this year, which with five subs and a let's let's be honest, a pretty injured squad most of the year, like shouldn't be a hard thing to figure out. Well, when you also take into consideration, we're going to be challenging for the Champions League again. We're going to probably win one of the two domestic cups. I mean, minutes will be there and minutes will be available. And I think that that is something to consider. But we hope that Todd Bowling team can get a approved deal on offer for Vale, that we can get them secured. And again, just a, a massive compliments to him and the whole really English side for kind of getting this executed in terms of uh, being champions of Europe, which is always a good feeling. But we have to talk about some of the weird stuff that's been happening <laughs> over the last couple of days. We're going to start getting into this whole Barcelona mess. And like, right. we are a Chelsea podcast who are just being, I don't know, dragged around, fooled, annoyed, frustrated. I mean, what's, what's the word you would use to describe all of the ways that Barcelona are just not hijacking our window, but becoming, uh, trying to be the main character in the Chelsea story? Yeah, I mean, I think I think our new owners are getting a crash course in in the bullshit of transfer season, and you know it's a lesson that they are going to have to learn pretty quick. And you know, I like I know there are a bunch of people who are annoyed that we haven't made a major signing on the men's side yet. We've already made two major signings on the women's side, um, so I'm I'm really you know I, I think we're fine, but like. Yeah, I mean, you and and, uh, and CFC Central, Sam, put out an episode on Wednesday. We have to be honest about yeah. this. The deal was done, right? And Trending in the right direction. And so, you know, what we rarely do is put out episodes like that yeah. where, where things are, are not a thousand percent done. They aren't holding the shirt, you know, stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, it's went south. Um, and, you know, now there's a report that um, Barca is trying to cobble together a bunch of loose change from the, from the couch cushions and that Rafinha only wants to go there. He doesn't want to go to Chelsea. He'd rather stay at Leeds than go to Chelsea. And at the same time, like you, you have guys like Matt who are out there trying to like calm the waters on this thing. Right. Cause there's a bunch of like from Deco his agent. There's a bunch from Barcelona and Laporta who is like the worst business operator in, in football history. There's a bunch of stuff out there, but, you know, I think we should talk about what Matt's latest report here is, uh, Dan, because I don't know what to think about this. Like, on the one side, personally, if he doesn't want, if he'd rather stay at Leeds than come to Chelsea, have at it. Like, that's how I feel, uh, particularly post-Lukaku. Well, to me, that feels like also the way that the Spanish press the Barcelona supporters are trying to frame the argument. Like, sure. why are Chelsea still involved? He only wants to come to Barcelona. He do, he would rather stay at sure. Leeds. It, it's all an optic thing, right? Like, at the end of the day, all of these players are effectively an employee, and their agent is out to get the best deal for them and to help make that happen. But also, if Leeds, the selling club doesn't want to take a lower offer, doesn't want to take less cash, they have all the power. 
Like, I think what we need to realize is Rafinha's under contract. He has zero power in this element. It's Leeds is the one who really can make or break the decision here for them. And I think in general, I imagine what Barcelona was thinking. Leeds get relegated. We can get Rafinha on the cheap. Oh, yeah. We get a deal done. It's good to go. By the way, they weren't the only people thinking that. No, look, were we thinking it too? Yeah, absolutely. Probably, yeah. But I think the the thing to keep in mind is I don't think, and this is personal preference, like I don't think it shows ambition to pull out of the deal and let Barcelona have just a free run at this. Uh, To me, I would rather we leave that bit on the table and continue to work our other targets, which there are many and there are plenty, and figure out if Barcelona really can get this cash cobbled together because it seems like they haven't put together a deal that Leeds have found suitable. But, I mean, you know, Fabrizio Romano was talking about, you know, what Laporta said, which is Rafinha wants to come at Barcelona. Um, we have a communication. We spoke with Leeds. What there is is there are other clubs that want Rafinha making their proposals. Like, we're the problem. Uh, if, if, go up to the Matt thing here because I think what Matt says is true, right? Barca wants the player. Uh, they think he only wants to go there. However, they don't have the money, right? And so he says they won't, can't match Chelsea's bid. If you're Leeds and you had the option of receiving uh, 55 million pounds for a player in one installment, getting the deal done, clean, swift, done. Or at least the majority. Yeah. Then the more cash would I'm be sure there are bonuses and yada, yada, right? But if you're able to do that or you're able to have installment plans from Barcelona, like which one are you taking? And Barcelona is not a solvent club. They're they're selling off assets like it's it's like a, a, a fire sale over there to try and make enough money to be competitive, yeah. and they don't make any sense from a business perspective. So I don't know, man. I part of I, I totally agree with you. By the way, stay in this thing, keep your bid on the table, and make them pay full freight for them. Yeah. Because fuck Barcelona. Um, at the same time, evaluate your other options sure. and go sign a couple of players. Uh, maybe maybe like a player we'll talk about in a bit, uh, who can help make your squad better and get these deals done, man. Because I think there are a lot of nervous Chelsea fans, and I would, I'm sure, like the, the point that I would make is I'm sure that Thomas Tuchel wants these guys in before the training camp starts, right? Sure. And that's that's in 10 days now. So that's a big part of this too. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing to keep in mind is that everything got derailed through the club being sold and how long that process and how elongated that process was. And so, I mean, there's 60 plus days left in the transfer window. It is not, yes, would it be so much better for the players, for Tuchel, for the squad to get them in in the next 10, 12 days so that they can be on this U.S. tour, that they can be in Vegas, in Charlotte, in Orlando with the team getting acclimatized? 100%. But that might not be the reality, particularly if we're going after four to five players, I think I would probably set the benchmark as two would be ideal to have in by camp and maybe a third would be like the stretch goal. And I, I think that's a realistic type of thing, particularly if we have two that are getting very, very close to the end here. I mean, like Matt and Naz have both said when we've talked to him on transfer specials this summer that like while other clubs are moving fast and there are a lot of pre-contracts negotiated sure. before the window opened, right? Which is ideally the way we do it in the future. And I think a lot of fans would love to have those players secured and, and heading into camp with no problems. 
that's just not going to be Chelsea summer. Yeah. We're, we're likely going to go through training cramp. We're likely going to go butt up right against the end of the deadline like we have for the last few years just because of the way the time works, right? So to me, that is a just a reality of the situation. It's going to piss a lot of people off. But, um, you know, again, they're, they're playing with a, a difficult uh, hand in this overall deck. Right. So a uh, quick update, too, on Dembele, just because there's a little bit of a connection there for what happens to Rafinha, what happens to Dembele. They think that they're going to have both of them, which is really interesting. But Laporta says <laughs> that there's no deadline. All parties now feel optimistic to reach an agreement on a two-year deal. And this is a contract that it would take him until 2024. Talks are progressing. They want to keep him. It's still not agreed. Whatever. I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of just, just what it is. Um, let's take a quick break, though, and then we'll get into Delict, which is probably the deal that it seems to be taking shape as quickly as we do these updates. But we'll take a real quick break. We'll be right back. I want to thank these sponsors for financially supporting the show. All right. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because, well... It's hard to get a lot of micronutrients in. You know, we're all focused on our macros with protein, carbs, and, and fat. And now we got to add the micronutrients from fruits and vegetables. It's just hard to eat that many servings a day. So uh, I started doing it just to make my life a lot more efficient. I'm getting better gut health and a more uh, durable resistant immune system. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus and aging all of the things again i do it it's easy it's fast it's quick uh throw up my shaker usually on my way home from work drink it 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 goes down quickly uh and like i said you get six servings of vegetables a day very easily uh, but hey don't listen to me athletic greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews it's recommended by professional athletes and it's trusted by leading health experts such as tim Ferriss and michael gervais so right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition it's just one scoop and a cup of water every day that's it no need for a million different pills supplements to look out for your gut health to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to say, give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so Ben Jacobs did have the update here uh, as we were kind of getting ready this morning, Nicholas, and uh, he had he had the word. What's the deal? Look, uh, Juve prefer a straight cash deal. They Shock. Were, now, Juve is trying to essentially swap every player they have on their team for other players, but only when, when they're trying to sell an asset do they prefer a straight cash deal. So take that for what it is, guys. Um, they remain interested in Jorginho, but he's currently not a part of any bid being prepared. Chelsea pushing Delict after Juve softened a bit on price. Club's still pretty far apart uh, on, on price. So I, like, I, I read earlier there was a, a $40 million plus Timo offer. There was a, a $60 million plus another player offer. And they're, they're just trying to figure out what the deal is now. And so... Look, I, I, we were talking about this before the the pod, right? A hundred million for Delict, while a really good central defender, only twenty two, has a lot of characteristics and qualities that I think we would look for in a central defender. Yeah. Um, 
no no player that we're currently going after is worth 100 million euros. They're just not. And that number is especially uh, poignant after last year. And so I think we have to be really, really smart to think about, all right, if, if they just won't budge, if there is no combination of players in price that we can get over to Juve to get him back, we got to look at other targets. Like, I, because... There is no sense to me in this deal unless he is the the one player who's going to win us the Champions League next year. And I just don't think that's realistic. Yeah, I wouldn't discount the fact that we're seeing numbers. Of course, Juve, Juve is uh, targeting the very high end. We're obviously trying to target the low end. And we meet in the middle somewhere. I would imagine somewhere in the 70-ish range, potentially higher with bonuses after the fact, which... It's just what it is. I mean, I think the thing is, if we think that Bowley wants Tuchel to have what he wants, Tuchel's identified him as the player that he'd like in his defense, particularly after losing multiple members of the defense and needing to rebuild it, I think there's a little bit of trust that you might have to go after the player he wants and pay a premium for that type of player. Because also you uh, didn't spend a lot of that money on the contracts for Andreas Christensen or on Antonio Rudiger. Um, you might lose one or two other defenders. And so there's, there's still a lot, I think, left in this saga, but it does seem like both clubs want a deal to happen. Both clubs are working on a negotiation of price, and it feels like, to me, this is probably one of the two players that would be done by the time the tour starts, would be my guess. I mean, with the amount of time we have left, maybe he's medicaling and getting ready and the final paperwork gets signed and he's like straight on a jet to the U.S. But this one feels closer to me than the majority of the signings that we're going after. Yeah, I mean, it would be an exciting signing. I, I was a little, you know, after our, our Defenders special with, with Sam, CFC Central, I was a little less enthusiastic about this one, honestly. And that, and again, I'm, I'm in the camp of it's not my money. I don't give a shit how they spend it. Um, <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, that's just kind of yeah. where I live. Like, I don't, I really don't care. Um, but I, I would say on this one, some of the qualities and characteristics that Sam mentioned that were negatives to me make me a little bit more hesitant to spend that much money on a central defender who, might struggle in this possession dominant system that we're talking about now, not from a passing perspective, but from a recovery perspective. Sure. So a couple other of the quick highlights on some other players incoming and outgoing. Um, Fabrizio Romano tweeted this morning that AC Milan and Chelsea will be in direct contact again for the Hakim Ziyech deal. Negotiations started two weeks ago and they're still ongoing to agree on the final formula. And then Tuchel is open and let Ziyech go. Well, a player would be happy to join Milan in the summer. Work in progress. We're going to have to get rid of an attacker. So this probably makes yeah. sense. Um, Sterling is also one that has gone a little quiet over the weekend. But look, there were reports that he sold his house in Liverpool which uh, to train Alexander-Arnold, which is very interesting. Mm. Um, and that everything seems to be heading in the right direction there, too. So I think this is the other one in my mind, Nick, that if you think if there were going to be two players signed and done and on the tour, DeLict and Sterling, to me, are the two that now, with everything that's gotten been reported, look the most likely to be almost across the line. Yeah, I I mean, this is, again, we, we talked about, you know, the the positives and negatives of Sterling, right? And I think the main concern that we came out of with uh, with Sam was that there were a ton, there's a ton of uh, mileage on those tires, yeah. right? Um, he's been playing at a professional level since he was 16. He's now 27. 
He is going to play in the World Cup this year. You know, this is a player who has been ever-present in the England setup since he was young and that has played a ton of minutes for for Pep in a really high-intensity system, right? This was not a counter-attacking Manchester City, right? Like, they they press and press and press and press and press. So, um, for me... I would. I think this would be a good deal. I. It makes you curious how it affects the left hand side of Timo and Pulisic, the right hand side of Ziyech. That makes sense to me. That 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 move would be done. I think he'd thrive in Serie A and and be a really great asset for Milan, who already won the title last year, right? So to me, I think then the question is, how does the Raheem Sterling signing impact Pulisic and Werner, and is one of those players included to get the licks or or not? Uh, while we're talking about Manchester City and dealings with them, there was a report through City Extra saying that <laughs> Man City will tell Chelsea to forget about signing Ake on the cheap with the club having no plans to sell the player. Newcastle quoted $50 million earlier this summer, £50 million, and then even if Chelsea bid that much, they would want a, a, they, being Man City, would want a replacement first. It feels like this is one of the ones that seemingly is getting less and less likely as the transfer window continues to drag on particularly knowing the fact that we might spend up to 70 million pounds uh maybe more on delict that if you're gonna spend 120 million pounds on your defense that seemingly might not mathematically work and it might be uh, not necessarily a non-premier league proven um is maybe the second defender or you're looking at you know another team not a city who are trying to really uh, refund the coffers from the, the Holland purchase. Yeah, I mean, the, this is the eventually the place that Chelsea wants to get, right? To have all of the power negotiation for a player. We don't have that right now, right? We're buyers in a uh, in a buyer's market. And so we're, um, or buyers, buyers in a seller's market, I should say. Like, this is... This is just the reality of where we are right now, unfortunately, where we're probably going to have to pay over on some players who we wouldn't want to pay over on. And we're probably like with our young talent, we need to be better at the sales process for some of these talents that other teams want and just drive up the price and recoup that in a different way. But this is the reality of it. Well, speaking of selling or trying to offload potential young stars, uh, Ben Jacobs also had another report coming out over this weekend talking about how Newcastle were seriously considering a bid for Armando Broya, made the top West Ham target, and there's also reports that West Ham would not consider Broya to be a make-weight in any type of deal for Declan Rice. Um, well, that can't happen then. Sorry. Yeah. That's the end of that. Uh, Ajax have apparently inquired as well as Napoli on a loan for the the young star in terms of Mondebroia. It also seems like Tuchel is very happy to bring him into the summer preseason tour and then make a decision after the fact. And I, I think that, to me, based upon seeing some success at Southampton, seeing some Premier League shine there, you might even get an opportunity to increase the value of him as a player. You might evaluate that he's a solution and you don't need to go spend high in another backup or replacement. So I do think it makes a lot of sense that you would want him in training camp and making a decision on him as a player at the end of July, but before the start of this, at the end of the window. Yeah, for sure. That That is the, this is the exact position I was just referencing. You don't have to sell Armando Breuer. In fact, right now he's your only other striker. So I would keep him. And if someone's desperate to come in, 
Quote him 50 million. Quote him Declan Rice in a straight swap. I don't give a shit. Like, I, this is where you got to play hardball with West Ham. Like, they, they really want him? Cool. Then we need to do a deal. If that doesn't work for you, that's fine. Like, but you're not getting him. We're not going to sell him to you. We're not going to lose that battle. This is the leverage that you want. And you're not going to sell him to Newcastle either. Like, that's really stupid because they're refilling uh, their whole squad this summer. So, uh, yeah, to me, play hardball on Broya and make sure that anyone who wants to come get him knows that uh, we need to have a replacement first. Yeah. Uh, also interesting was reports out of Italy indicating that Chelsea and Newcastle, speaking of them, have both made offers for Lazio midfielder uh, Sergei Mil- Milinkovic-Savic. Milinkovic-Savic. Yeah. Yeah. SMS. There's, yeah. Still a thing. Sure. Still a rumor that Chelsea just get connected with every window, give or take. Uh, he's He's been a transfer target for every major European team for three years. Somehow still doesn't left Lazio. Uh, would be a really, really strong central midfield option. Um, I, if you uh, have followed his uh, transfer value, it's very high. Um, he's, he's a real player. So to me, this is a... If you can't get Declan Rice this summer and you need a backup option... Um, this would be a great backup option to have. Um, I think his physicality would work in the Premier League. He, I think he's a, a really solid passer of the football. Um, this is a, a deal you explore to make West Ham sweat it out of it. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's a direct match. I mean, he, he does seem more of a, a box-box than kind of that defensive mid. So I don't know if it's a direct replacement for Declan Rice or who you go after. But... If you're losing or a Jorginho because you're potentially sending him to Juventus on a deal, you are going to have to reinforce and add some type of midfield depth, and that might be a target that we go after. And this, uh, obviously, you're making space for potential players like Billy Gilmore or Conor Gallagher to come in and be a part of the squad this season, too. And so there's a whole lot. I mean, I think the last dumb part of silly season we'll get into is that <laughs> look uh, in addition again we're, we're sandwiching the barcelona stuff here a little bit at the top a little bit at the bottom because they just seemingly have their fingerprints on everything is that uh, sport was reporting that marcus alonso will be sold to barcelona for around 10 million and the idea is that he will be a part of their preseason tour in the u.s so barcelona coming to the u.s as well look they just got to copy everything we we're doing copy our transfer targets like a, like a bunch of idiots um <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't know where they're going to find the 10 million euro for Marcus Alonso, but uh, I guess that would also mean that then you look at you know another individual is going to likely have to come in here as well. We should tell them that we need a replacement first, and we need that 10 million in cash in a in a duffel bag. So no IOU. No, no IOUs. Actually, in fact, uh, no deal with with you at all. No crypto. No. Mm-mm. Barcelona should start a crypto. That would be very interesting. It would. I would be interested if we could own part of their stadium. That would be kind of fun if they wanted to sell part of it to us. Um, I think that would be a real you estate. A Spotify investment. subscription? Are you kind of currently funding underneath Barcelona? Should yeah. we really? This is the time for everybody to switch to Apple Music. Yeah, you didn't tough. have a reason beforehand. Now yeah. you do. Um, look, that's all the transfer 
rumors and stuff and business we want to get into. We'll have more of that this week, obviously, if stuff happens. Yeah, um, but I think we want to spend a few minutes here as we close out the episode just to talk about uh, Elizabeth and Brandon Busby's wedding. And look, if you uh, don't care about that, you're done. Congratulations. Uh, enjoy the rest of the episode. Uh, we'll see you next time. But Nick, uh, we just wanted to spend a little time kind of celebrating our, our dear friend, our fellow host, Brandon, and his wonderful day yesterday here in Minneapolis. And just any thoughts or feelings that you want to share? Yeah, it was a great day. Um, you know, we uh, we started off uh, the, the weekend strong. We had a, a you know Friday came in. Uh, we were kind of bouncing around, did a little bit of the reception thing with with the Busby clan, and there were a bunch of folks who were very interested in the pod, which was which was very fun, and uh, got to kind of mix it up a little bit. Um, and then yeah, look, Saturday was a big day. I mean, basically went from. One to eleven, uh, so ten ten hours of wedding madness. Uh, they got their rain, which is good luck, um, which I learned. I uh, did not know. And uh, and look, uh, beautiful ceremony, um, beautiful couple, uh, wonderful uh, reception and, and drinks hours. Uh, we we did smuggle in some of our own drinks because the. Uh, the bartenders were not as aware how to make a gin and tonic as they were other drinks. Let's just put it that way. Well, and tequila so, and gin are basically the same thing. I had a tequila. <laughs> soda water and club soda are basically the same thing. Oh, man. I, that was one of the worst drinks of my life. Uh, so we, uh, Dan did the, the real sneaky thing, and I'm calling Dan out here. But table two was the, the riot table, as you would have guessed. We were there. Uh, a lot of other friends were there. And uh, we did uh, Uber drinks, some drinks in. And... Um, we had a great time. Uh, no one saw. It was great. Uh, you know, just bringing out the skill set from high school or college when you had to figure out to how do you sneak <laughs> in a beverage to a place it doesn't belong or how do you uh, kind of pour underneath the table and then uh, produce a cup that now magically is filled with the actual gin and tonic versus uh -huh. what was on offer. But now a uh, brilliant day, a wonderful ceremony. Really great to spend the time with, with Brandon and Elizabeth and their family and Brandon's parents who are just two of the nicest people in the oh, world yeah. and who have raised uh, wonderful uh, children. I, I will say, Alex, brother of Brandon Busby, had one of the most epic best man speeches I think I have ever heard. Oh, and, my or God. A, have had a chance to hear in person, but B, you know, you occasionally see a video, someone's like, you know, does theirs. And he had everybody in stitches, but also hit the right poignant notes of just the emotion. Yeah. And it, it had everything. It was a tour de force. It was a journey. Uh, sure. From, from wee childhood up to now. I mean, like Alex did a fantastic job, of, you know, super proud of, of him and his speech. And yeah, I think it just kind of shows the, you know, the community that's been built around these two. And you know, Minneapolis uh, definitely showed out yesterday. Beautiful day. Um, a lot of great people that we were able to meet and kind of share our, our pod story with. And uh, yeah, we were the pod guys. We were the pod guys, um, you know, and, and we showed out too. And, you know, it was just it was fantastic to get to celebrate Brandon. You know, I mean, this is a guy that we have been friends with now for eight years uh, who, you know, I think we talk to each other more than we talk to a lot of other people. Um, and you know this is it was a momentous day for the show we were able to get some some quick picks at the end with the with the one in his blue scarf so everyone knows what the deal is there but 
uh, man, yeah, just really thankful that we were a part of it and that we were able to celebrate them on a on a big day for them. Yeah, I again, we have shared a little bit. I'm sure Brandon will have more to say when he rejoins us after the start of a wonderful, wonderful honeymoon yep. and when he's back on the tour with us as well. So that's going to wrap it up, though. We hope you enjoyed this update. Again, there is so much that we're going to get into over the next couple of weeks, particularly in the lead up to the tour. But go sign up for the Eventbrite. Go leave five-star reviews. Go join Patreon. Do all the fun things that get involved with. Uh, we got the shirt, the Chaos and Trophy shirt in person. Uh, I've seen Nick Ferlani wearing it now, and it is uh, quite the bit of thread. So I uh, yes. definitely would recommend getting one of those. But that's going to wrap us up. Thank you so much, Nick. Thank you so much to the Busby family for uh, inviting us to the wedding. And until next time, Chelsea fans, you and to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.